It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. No duck patty this week. No duck patty this week. This week, Celtic's French connection put the hoops in the driving seat as we head to Norway to finish the job. League action returns to Celtic Park and so does a familiar orange face. All this and more in the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Hello and welcome to episode 143 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm joined this week with Melly. Hello. Stephen. Hi there. I'm Jamie and we've got well, we've got the return of league action this week. So pre-season is out of the way. All our pre-season podcasts are out of the way. We should be up to full fitness. We should up to full match fitness as far as podcasts go. How do you feel? Ready to rumble. Fit and ready to go. No yeah. mistakes. One or two niggles. Yeah. But yeah. I, I won't tolerate any mistakes um, <laughs> or you'll be getting a rollicking at half time, as Stephen Gerrard said. Um, but before all that, Rosenberg. 3 1. Thoroughly enjoyed the game. Thoroughly enjoyed the game, Stephen. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, it was my first first game back. It was good to be back in the glorious but sunshine. Calm down, you weren't like playing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just at it. In the glorious sunshine, I was there wearing sunglasses and shorts. And, like and a full sh- Celtic shirt home <laughs> to get picked. <laughs> like a shit-eating wild man sitting there in my shorts. I was, it was good to be back. It was a thoroughly enjoyable game, as Melly said. A lot has been made about the, the opening spell, the first 20 minutes of the game being yeah. really poor, but I, having watched it back, I know not everyone will do such a thing, and rightly so, but for the purposes of, of their job, our podcasting job, mm-hmm. I tend to watch the games I've been to back, and I've got to say, I'm not saying anyone's wrong because those are the. I was guilty of it myself in the crowd. Yeah, and you, it started to get a wee bit tense, but the, the opening twenty minutes really wasn't as bad as it as it felt like in the stadium. Yeah, it did. It mainly did feel a bit nervy, you know. In the opening twenty minutes, when thing doesn't go our way, especially when Rosenberg scored, I thought, God, it's going to be on those nights. Yeah. I don't think it was necessarily Rosenberg were creating any chances. I just think it was Celtic making mistakes or giving mm. them simple passes away, mm. which ultimately a simple pass led to them scoring. But there wasn't many chances. And even after Rosenberg scored, apart from that, Craig Gordon had very little to do. Yeah, and it was just one-way traffic from then on. But Celtic didn't start great, obviously. But manager held his hands up and said he got yeah. the tactics wrong yeah. and he changed it about. And as soon as he did that... You could just tell everything got much better. What were the tactics? Talk us through them. What were the changes that were made? In fact, let's start at the lineup. Any surprises there? <laughs> Stephen? <Sure was. laughs> oh, I was so happy. <laughs> it, it, it was a bittersweet moment on the way to the stadium. Melly and I drove up together and they, they gave the, the lineup out on like, Clyde One or whatever we happened to be listening to at the time. And they were reading out, I think, in numerical order. So you had four Jack Henry, whatever it might have been. Number 12, and he didn't even get the name out. And Melly and I just started, like, yeah, <laughs> cheering. It was like one of those fake, didn't it happen tweets. Like, oh, everyone left yeah. cheering and clapping. <laughs> but um, I was so happy they were starting. But it was a bittersweet moment because it, it came, but two days after I had written off his career, I said on the last podcast, he's gone. May as yeah. well just, just let him go. With a heavy heart, may as well just let him go. It's, it's one of those ones where, I mean, well, we can talk about it individually, but obviously I think Gamboa is the main the main thing to talk about with this lineup. It's one of those ones where, Melly, the history we've got with Gamboa doesn't mean he's back in no, any capacity. No, I've said it last week, it just seems to be the defence, apart from Tierney, it's just a rotation. Whoever's not playing well, go out and bring somebody else in. There doesn't seem to be any new signings coming in at right back or centre-half, so it's just rotating the terrible ones out until... <laughs> They come back a year or so later and just see what happens. Well, I mean, right back is apparently a priority for Brendan Rodgers. We were after this guy who eventually moved to Valencia. 
I I put out a tweet, stole some patter. Well, I didn't steal it. I suppose any patter we use on the podcast, it. yes, it's communal <laughs> patter um, from the twenty minute Tim's account. You know that new right back you're looking for. Well, here he is, and and, you th- and on that performance from Gamboa, I thought, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Gamboa. I mean, it wasn't dazzling, it wasn't amazing, but he was he was keen, he was eager as anything, he was up and down that yeah. wing a lot. He had done a lot of work, he'd done a lot of good work, and if that wasn't Christian Gamboa, if that was somebody's debut that we signed last week. We'd all be raving about oh, him. Absolutely. And it's important to remember, this is his first game since February. Yeah. He, well, he's, he's played eight games for Costa Rica since his last Celtic appearance. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, that game, he played against uh, St. Johnston and nothing each draw in February. And that was also the last time Sinclair and Edward started the game together. Oh, was it? Interesting enough. Oh. A game of rarities, that one. But on Gamboa's performance, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say it was perfect. It, it wasn't. It, he has one or two positional issues at yes. times but in fairness to the guy as I've just detailed he never plays so it's going to take anyone a, a little bit of a little bit of a run he's no different he's going to take a run in the team to find his his rhythm in a, a game show a couple of hairy passes across the back line as well that, that I mean we didn't nothing happened from no. them um, how do you think Gumbo done Melly? I thought he did good apart from the, the goal which we'll come on to later he was fine there was times when his pace was absolutely brilliant for us it Gives us, gives us another dimension. If it had been Lustig in there at the start, Tierney was over on my side where I sit and he never got forward no, once at all. So obviously their right midfielder was their danger man, so he was told to sit in. And when he's not going, if Lustig had been the other side, he doesn't get forward either. But because we had Gamboa, he was getting right up, far up, giving us an option. And with Forrest inside instead of out in the wing, Gamboa had the free reign of the right hand mm. side. Oh, it didn't really work, but. McGregor cut in as well, so that left the right-hand side open for him. But as soon as Forrest went out there, him and Forrest dovetailed quite well together. And when we got into the second half, Gamboa and Tierney just went right up the mm. pitch and they couldn't deal with it. The two full-backs, the two wide players and the number 10 in behind and the striker, they couldn't deal with it at all and we were just all over them. Old joking aside... Um, because I know we're sort of big fans of Gamboa in this podcast. Do you think he is? Do you think he's a solution at the right-back problem? Again, if you go out and say, just going to sign a guy that's played three games at the World Cup, he's got however many international caps, mm. he's played in the Premier League, we'd all be delighted. Mm. But again, has he really had a chance? He just seems to get chucked in at the big games, and then that's him. But uh, Another another one that was... Uh, well, I, for me, it wasn't much a surprise, because I thought we'd probably set up like this with Dembele's injury was... Sinclair came back. How do you think he done, Stephen? I thought he was. I thought he was all right. He, he's still a little bit predictable at times mm. uh, when he's when he's running at players. But he got a good few crosses in. He gave them a difficult time, and he was involved in at least one goal as well. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty sure. The first one. Yeah, he's, he was. He was all right. But again, much like anyone else, he's not played an awful lot, and it's going to take it's going to take a few games to see if we can get the old Sinclair back. But he's got work to do because. The only reason he played in this game was probably because Dembele was was out. No, I'm no, I'm going to do. Just forget about the old Sinclair. I'm just going to. For, He's gone. Yeah, pre- yeah, pretend that old Sinclair didn't exist. Uh, I'm also going to forget about last season, mm. and I'm just going to give my clean slate this season. And uh, give I'm him just, a Callum McGregor. Aye, yeah. just clean. Listen, mate, go play a game. Let's see what you can do yeah, for us. Absolutely. Thought he did well. The only if it, again, if it was another player going in and playing that the way he played, we'd all be thinking did okay, set up a goal. Looked a lot better when Tierney was allowed to go on mm. and then he went inside and there was somebody on his outside to lay it off. But cut inside a couple of times, had a couple of shots, was unlucky with a few. Hopefully, sometimes the crowd gets on his back and I do think it brings his head mm. down, but you're playing at Celtic, you need to expect that. So oh, 100%. Aye. He can't be complaining about that, but I'm hopeful that's a wee bit of turning point from now. It's likely he'll start again this week, so... I think all he needs is just a goal in a yeah. a big game and he'll be fine. What did you make of the Rosenberg performance? It was pretty poor, to be honest, apart from their goal, which is a decent goal capitalising on our mistake, but apart from that, they didn't really offer much going forward at all. No. and It was just a bit meek, their performance, mm. I thought. I, th- I agree with you. They didn't really offer much. I thought we outmanaged them. When we came out at halftime, they took too long to react and then they didn't really know what to do to react. The only aspect about them that worries me is the physicality yeah the dirty bastards well that and <laughs> Bentner did give J- Jack Henry a bit of a tough time mm. didn't uh, create many chances but he beat him in the air a good few times and 
the only thing I'd worry about next week is like set pieces and that sort of thing. That's why you wonder if, if Lustig comes back in or what, just for the height mm. issue. But that's the only thing about them I'd worry about is the physicality because they didn't really create much at all. Nicholas Bentner, as much as he's a bit of a joke figure in European and world football, he, he is... He's not the greatest player in the world, but he does provide. Oh, I nearly said he, he has a particular set of skills there. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very particular set of skills. I, I, I will find you. <laughs> if you're looking for goals, I don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's a he's a he's a, an option. He's, he's one of those sort of stereotypical English-based target men. That's yeah. where he played a lot of his football. But he doesn't he doesn't score goals very often. He hasn't done an awful lot for Rosenborg this season. He scored a couple of penalties in, his, in the previous game, but, but he did give Jack Hendry what was referred to after the game as a, a learning experience. Yeah. That was a long croak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Jack Hendry. Um, I've got a particular particular view on Jack Hendry. Mm. No, um, that's my view. Pass, hard pass is my view on Jack Hendry. Tough no, analysis. Yeah. Nothing against the guy. Again, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be cruel when I say this, but... You know, you know where you do your learning when you're learning how to play football. You don't do it at Champions League qualifiers for Celtic Football Club. Mm. That's not where. Now, that's not Jack Henry's fault. He's been thrown in there, play a game, and he's trying his best. But I mean, I, I just I don't see it with the guy, man. And people who say he was a young player, he's 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 still learning the game. Twenty three. He's not a young player. These are you don't hear these excuses when people are referring to Jozo, Jozo yeah. and they're identical ages. Kieran Tierney, Jack Henry, Jozo, Jack Henry's. The oldest one mm. out of the, that Christopher back, Iyer. that, that three yeah. Christopher Ayer yeah. as well. He's the oldest out of the lot of them. Where does he do his learning? But if we get in the Champions League, can't say we'll put him in these games. So is it not better to have him in these games and see how he gets on? No. Do you yeah. know where he should be? And I don't mean to be cruel when I say this. He probably shouldn't be at Celtic because we shouldn't be signing players who haven't gotten up to speed yet. Or if we have, there's plenty of league football he can be playing. The, the problem isn't Jack Hendry's, in my opinion. The problem is. We, we're left without someone to play there. We should have somebody better, no doubt about that. We'd hopefully have Boyata, but we don't. We've got Jack Henry. I don't know if the guy will make it or not. And instincts say he won't. But if we, yeah, we need to find out how he's going to do. These games are where he should be learning the game because that's when he's going to come up against good players. He can play against the SPL, SPFL all he wants. He's not going to learn it. As much as you'll learn off playing the game against Bentner. No, that's it? true. But I think when he's even when he is playing against these SPFL players, he's no shining out, he's no sticking out, he's no commanding, you know. Yeah. But again, it's the guy's there and he's trying his best. I'm just saying from a supporter's point of view, looking at that lineup, there's one name that sticks out like a bit like a sore thumb for me that shouldn't be there, and it's Jack Hendry. I'm trying to reserve judgment on him. You're right though, I haven't seen anything from him really so far. He's had some decent performances. He came on and it came on to a game at Ibrox last season when we were up against it in, in 10 men. Yeah. That's kind of what leaps to mind when I think, right, let's let's try and be balanced about this. Other than that, mainly what we're referring to here is his mistake for the goal. So we may, yeah. we may as well just go straight into that. He kind of strode forward, got to sort of almost maybe about 30 yards from goal and passed the ball inside to no one from which Rosenborg broke. What I will say about him after that, he got back. He was one of the first back in his own box. And he, it was actually his legs that the final finish went through. So it's not like he'd lost the ball and completely left his high and dry and just left it to someone else. He did get back to cover. Now, there were several mistakes you could probably point to in the rest of the, the goal. Christine Gamboa let their left back go yeah. for just that fraction of a second. And he got away from Scott Brown, was skinned mm, in the, the build-up uh, out, out in the right wing or left back position. And he stayed down and then complained that he'd been stamped on. Mm. Scott didn't happen, mate. Um, hashtag I, didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, there were several things that happened after Jack Hendry, so it wasn't just a case that Jack Hendry passed the ball in his own box and they scored from it. I'm always I'm always reluctant to do that anyway. You know, when a goal happens, finger one player, hmm, point the blame, <laughs> point the blame at one particular person. Go, yeah. that was his fault. Especially in a position like Jack Hendry taking the ball into midfield, there's plenty of guys about. Hmm. Plenty of phases of play happened that could have avoided that goal. When you see the goal back, Jack Henry gives a ball away, obviously, but your man, we Gamby, he was like Bambi trying to get back. Gamby like Bamboa, Bambi? Just Childish Gamboa. <laughs> now, I, I saw so that. slow in getting back, it was beyond ridiculous for a guy when you see later on in the game how fast he was. 
he's slow getting back, he sees the guy going past him, he lets him go. It was unforgivable at that level, you mm. cannot do that, and maybe that's one of the reasons he doesn't get a game, but apart from that, he was okay, but it was unbelievable that the pace, the lack of pace he showed to get back, mm. and the lack of awareness when they see the guy runs right past him, and he doesn't even sprint after that to get him. But it was a decent finish, to be fair. It was a well-worked goal. To give Rosenborg their, their due, it, it was a more than well-worked goal. A great piece of skill to beat Scott Brown, as, mm. as you said there. The guy just did a little pirouette in the ball. And a lovely finish from the left-back, who I was I was quite impressed with. Uh, Melling, his name was. Yes. And another shock of uh, lightly-coloured hair, Melly, in, <laughs> in their team. But yeah, yeah, it was a, a number of errors, and I think that contributed to the sort of slightly tense atmosphere mm. from, from that point un, until Celtic got the equal. From the change where they moved Forrest back out wide, move Gregor inside. It's pretty much the instant. We just got on the ball better. Tierney got to push on a wee bit further and we just penned him in. And it was inevitable, the goal. It was coming. We were just, I was looking at the clock thinking, we don't really want half-time here. We want this to keep going. And goals at great times. Bang right before half-time and bang right after half-time. Absolutely destroyed them. Because if they got in at 1-0 up, They'd been confident coming in mm. the second half, but that just absolutely ripped everything they had out of them. Their goal came at a good time for Celtic, as, as strange a thing as that sounds like to say, but at least it woke Celtic up and Brendan Rodgers, this is what he gets paid for. He gets paid yeah. to change, to make these decisions and effectively not to be Ronnie Dyla. But um, he, uh, <laughs> he, he changed things and had Celtic, had it gone to nothing each at half time and they scored just into the second half as opposed to the first, that, that would have been a, yeah. an altogether different situation. But James Forrest, just on the tactics, James Forrest's position was was interesting and I think that's the main part of Brendan Rodgers admitting that it, it didn't work. He was playing sort of in behind Edward. I think as good a player as James Forrest is, I think playing him centrally is a stretch of his capabilities. Oh, yeah. to, to well, be we've seen honest. that before as well when he was false nine. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me a wee bit of um, Eden Hazard last season. I'm not comparing them as, as players, yeah. obviously, but... I, I just mean that at a point, Antonio Conte started playing Hazard at centre-forward last season. And he's a good enough player to be able to do that. But what you do in that is you effectively remove what he's best at on the on the pitch. Eden Hazard is one of the best players in the world at running at players, mm. cutting across the box and scoring. And since James Forrest, a bit like that, he his main strength is running at players, stretching defences and clipping those wee sort of disguised crosses. If he's not doing that, he's, if he's playing with his back to goal, that's completely nullified. Yeah, agree. Melly, talk us through the goal. The goal... Sinclair gets the assist, goes down the left-hand side and the control and composure from King Eddie is sublime. Most people maybe don't take that touch or they lash at that and put it over the other side but it just comes across control and he just slides it back the way it came. It was majestic stuff from the big man. Deserved. How do you think his overall performance was? Oh, brilliant. He's playing with just enormous confidence mm. just now. He looks... A totally different player to who he was. I mean, that's that's going to happen. He's yeah. getting older. He's he's grown into the team. He's, he looks totally different. He was good last season as well, but he looks on a completely different level. What, whatever we paid for him, bargain. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's already because it's it's we spoke about it so many times in the build up to this transfer may or may not happen. And it's not a gamble. It's absolutely no. not a gamble. We know he's he's good enough. And if it's you know, about the financial scenario, if that's your thing, there's no way Celtic are going to lose money on that guy unless they mismanage it on the goal. And talking about Jack Henry, I'd love to be able to say that that was a kind of one-off incident for the goal. But he actually did it in the build-up to this goal as well. He got to the edge of Rosenborg's box and lost the ball again mm. in the exact same manner that he did for, for Rosenborg's goal. He was bailed out on this occasion by Scott Brown, who made an interception. And from there, Celtic broke and scored from. So I suppose one each, yeah, <laughs> both, from, both from Jack Henry mistakes. Uh, and then came to the second half, and shortly after the second half, my man of the match, and just telling you right now, you know what? You know I like an early shot at player <laughs> of the year, and Cham's going to be player of the year this year. Man was on fire, oh, absolutely on fire. He was bossing it, the touches, the wee pirouettes, and beating people, and long and short range passing, and clipping the diagonals, and winning the ball back. It was it was a complete midfield performance. That's another one about like Edward Stephen that hmm. who finished the season strong last season. I don't know how he's managed to come back this season having almost no break at all and he looks even better possibly why because of the lack of break just straight back in there yeah, not maybe. lost much match sharpness but 
last season he came in around this time to the club. Now he's had a pre-season under him. He knows what the manager wants, but he just seems to have added a couple of dimensions to his game. He's dribbling with the ball more. He's taking on mm. the odd player. These wee drag backs and flicks he was doing. He was doing flicks and tricks out wide at two one. I was like, "Simmer down, you <laughs> get the get the game one first. But his goal was absolutely brilliant. Forty one seconds at the half. We kick off. Rosenberg don't touch it. It goes over from the right to the left. Comes to the major box. That wee drag back oh, and drag the back. finish. Oh, ah, oh. <laughs> sound effects. The goal reminded me a lot of a goal from Patrick Roberts two seasons ago now towards the end of the Invincible season he scored two against Thistle at Fur Hill uh, towards the end of the Invincible season both of them were bent into the far corner from outside the box but the second one of the two he did a little drag back just to buy yeah. himself a wee bit of space on the edge of the box just to move away from a challenge and bent it into the opposite side of the box it was the other side because Cham's right footed Roberts is left footed but it was a near identical goal from that part it was just Attack after attack, McGregor hit the bar with that cross come shot mm. from the yeah. corner. Edward had the free kick that just flashed wide, and then Cham had a lovely screamer off the bar as well. So he's obviously been listening about the shooting. <laughs> yeah, he just needs to listen to <laughs> the crossing, and yeah. we'll be jamming. But just relentless, and we do get the third goal. But as soon as Rosenberg went one 0 up, I was like, right, we need at least 3-1 oh, to take yeah. away here the first thing I thought always when you go a goal down you need to get at least 3-1 and it, we did get the third goal but Rosamund couldn't complain if it was 4-5 or 6 because no, no. it was wave after wave and the third goal there was still time after it but another lovely lovely one <laughs> that man running through sometimes if it's Lee Griffiths or another player I think might not he's cool as you like composure he was sparking up that cigar before he even <laughs> took his first touch on Keeper comes out and just, oh. I was pissing myself at a tweet. You know how some tweet was doing the rounds and I don't know, some things just make me laugh and I don't know why. And there was one where a guy matched with a girl on Tinder and he was just abusing her. And one of the lines he used on her was, do you like garlic bread, you wee fucking idiot? <laughs> 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 and, and, and the pair of them are going back and forward, they're just slagging each other. And I'm reading it and pissing myself. Well, after Eddie done that, some guy tweeted, Eddie's running up to the keeper going, do you like chips, shall we fucking idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, the, the chip was absolutely sensational. 21 years to the day since Henrik Larsson signed for Celtic, he, he scored a goal that Henke would have been proud of himself. Cadets scored a similar goal as well, did he did, he yeah, his debut. Aye, his debut. similar yeah. to Cadets and yeah. the Larsson one people are talking about against Rangers. Very similar, but just composure waits till the keeper goes down and then just lifts it over. Good play by Forrest to win the ball back, put it through. Questions about offside, but wasn't he bothering the Kings? So. One of the biggest cheers of the game came before that. It was um, shortly after, well, it was a wee while after the first goal, actually, it was Gamboa outpaced someone oh, uh, chasing that's back. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. aye. Some Imagine guy... that was Lustig. Oh, that would have been red card. Well, some, hold down. Some guy tried to knock it past him and... Uh, Gamboa gives him a metaphorical wave the finger. Oh, don't <laughs> think so, wee man. I, I saw I put they had to he had to make that because he was caught out of position in the first place, but it was from a corner. Yeah. He was one of the last he was in the left back position because it was from a corner. If Lustig done that in a dream, he'd pull <laughs> a hamstring in real life. <laughs> yeah. it's, getting, it's getting to the point now where we're so bad at corners, it's more likely the other team will score from our corner okay. than it is us because some of them that McGregor one they've started doing short ones now so hopefully that does it but do you know what um, I, I I can't look it up now but if I knew you were going to say that I would have looked up I was reading stats on corners not so long ago to see if Celtics were as bad as basically you win a corner there's one third chance you'll concede from that corner hmm. you're almost more likely to concede from your own corner than you are to score a header directly from it we done it for uh, against Alice Kerr, didn't we just bang 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 yeah, that's right. pitch yeah. straight away but Celtic they had a couple of other chances McGregor crossed it in for the free kick and Jack Henry hit the bar he had a couple of decent chances Henry I think if he maybe had they got a goal it would uh, give his sweet confidence a boost yeah it could I, have I been. don't think his problems I, I mean not, not to buy on a bit this, I don't think his confidence is the issue I just think I just think he's he's, he's not good enough That's, I mean, possibly that, but see be fair to him he didn't shuck after that no. after he made the mistake he still took the ball try to go on So it could have been so many more it could have been five six, yeah. as you said Melly they, they couldn't have complained but I think to have won that game 2-1 after the performance would have been the, the most underwhelming European win at home since Zenit last yeah. season because you would have gone away with them having scored an away goal thinking, oh, not again. But 
the third one has ch- has changed the complexion of it entirely. With this team as well, see when we went the goal down, I didn't look about and see fear on the players' mm, faces. Yeah. It was get the ball back, let's go, let's get the goals yeah, we need. Exactly. Whereas as with Dyla, collapse time. <laughs> and even if we go away from home, if we let in an early goal, I'm still be confident this team wouldn't collapse because they know what they're doing. They've been there, they've done it now. So I don't really fear for this team. It's three one. Could have been more, but I still think Definitely get a chance to score over there, yeah. and but it's not definite. We'll concede. Those so. are pish. I mean, not, we shouldn't be. Correct, we shouldn't. We shouldn't be. They shouldn't be causing us any problems over it, there, Stephen. It's the old cliche, isn't it? If you don't beat teams like that, you don't deserve to yeah. be there in the exactly. first place. It's, right. I can't really think of anything more profound to say than that. Celtic should be beating Rosenborg. Absolutely, given given that performance. Away from the goals and and things like that. Honorable mentions for Callum McGregor, who I thought oh, was brilliant oh, yeah. again. Yeah. Scott Brown. Toiled a wee bit in that game. He looked as if he was maybe carrying something. He was something getting fucking other. battered as well. In yeah, that game. I did. I did. He got a couple of really sore well. ones. Cal McGregor just kept absolutely everything ticking over in that midfield. Never, to my memory, never lost the ball once. Christopher Ayer, a commanding performance once again. He's grown into the team more and more as a as a talker, as a, a leader. And Brendan Rodgers in fact, mm. said that last week. He said he's a natural leader. Um, I thought thought he was excellent again. Rogic came back. Rogic, Rogic came yeah. back. So he did. Don't like him coming on as a sub. It just doesn't even really suit him. His hair it? looks like fuzzy felt. <laughs> doesn't look real. I Remember, know. it's so smooth. He's got such a smooth coat. I don't Lego. know what Australians eat. Are you happy about Roger coming back? Delighted. A great player. Good. Another option. We were looking a bit thin in midfield, but with him coming in, it gives us plenty of options with Cham, McGregor, Brown all playing well. He's got a bit of a job getting back in the team. Not mm. his own fault, just mm. through that, but... As Stephen said, McGregor was brilliant. Just the way he receives the ball in the half turn and is able to turn and move with it, it just gives him so much time and so many more options, especially in European games where it's always a lot tighter and you're going to get closed down a lot quicker. He just always finds that space. So it was good, but it's another option for us. And if we have to bring on Rogic over there, you'd be... Don't like him coming on as a sub, but he still, you'd be confident he can get a goal. He made an immediate impact when he came on. He set up a chance for Sinclair, who... Rogic it was a great ball. Yes, yeah, slightly overhit it, and I don't think Sinclair was um, was expecting it. It just sort of bounced off Sinclair. But he's obviously he's obviously back in Hungary. He's been out out for a bit of this uh, preseason, so good to have him back. As it's just it's another great option to have. Um, do you remember who put us to the sword last time we played Rosenberg away? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely do in the. The most obvious thing that was ever going to happen always happens. Yeah, it was. Um, that this, of course, this isn't the last time. This was uh, two thousand two. I think it was. Is that the last time he beat us away? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Bratback, yeah, Harold Bratback, the the man who was um, signed as the last piece of the jigsaw in the stopping the ten team, came back to haunt us mm. after being a miserable flop. He's probably <laughs> he's. I really I liked that brought back at the time. He seemed like a great guy. He looked like an accountant and all that, but it it never happened for him at Celtic. But it it he scored the goal that clinched the stopping the ten. He is the worst striker ever to have a an era defending yeah. goal to to his name, apart from Tony Watt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it nicely. I like like Tony Watt. But um, brought back came back to haunt us, and that was that season. The Champions League campaign it was the same year as Juventus. Yeah, it was about Juventus from Porto, and it. Yeah, that's Ooh. right. Won our three home games and lost the three away games. That was what done us. Yeah, that's that was. The, I think the Porter and Rosenberg games were just the start of the horror shows away from home. <laughs> Juventus, unlucky, should have shouldn't have conceded the penalty. But just after that, that was that was the run started. Horror show after horror show. I watched those goals back today and uh, brought back. He did the, the the sort of now fashionable muted celebration. So I think, but he's probably thinking. In the back of the head, get up, <laughs> terrible defending for both goals. But he was he was an absolute machine for Rosenborg. I've still no idea why it didn't work out for him at Celtic, but it's an absolute goal colossus. But that quite him. frequently happens, you know, players with really good records mm. of scoring goals, particularly in Scandinavia, come over and, and don't do as well. Mobangura. Mobangura. Anyway, the reason I brought up old strikers coming back to potentially haunters, it's flag day this weekend. Um, who's unveiling the flag, Melly? Danny McGrain. Danny McGrain oh, unveiling the flag to be there in attendance 
Kenny Miller. <laughs> yeah. I told you this would happen, didn't you? I told you, even when he retires, he's going to be a coach and he's going to still annoy me. He will not die, will he? he just won't die. He's like Freddy Krueger or something like that. Similar skin tone. Yeah. <laughs> but he keeps coming back. Even even after he's retired, he's still going to play. He's, oh, he's a player manager. <laughs> he is a shithead. He is, he's, a, he's player manager. Yeah. So he, you know he's going to feature against us at oh, one point. But there's two things. If his ego dictates he will play against us, Alternatively, he might be such a shite bag that mm. he doesn't want to be any part of it. He'll wait and see what the score is. If we get battered, he'll obviously not come on. But if they've got a chance, he'll probably come on. And I just, oh, I I'm not even going to picture it. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. He's got it sorted, though. Do you know why? Because he knows our game plan inside out. Mm. That's what he said. I face Celtic an awful lot over the past few years. So we know them inside and out. Do you? Oh, we- cool. Ma- that's management cool story bro mm. is that he's not the only um, superstar Miller that Livingston have got they've also got former Aberdeen and Falkirk ace Lee Miller oh do they well. so we are the Millers up front yeah. they've also got a, and a, a guy I remember from I don't know how long he's been at Livingston but a guy I remember from playing champ manager about a million years ago Mark Kerr no uh, oh. Raphael De Vita who was at Blackburn about uh-huh. a thousand years ago. I remember having him when I managed Blackburn and champ manager <laughs> ages ago. Other than that, I'm, I'm not really sure what Livingston teams like. I know they've been doing all right in the, I think the, the Betfred Cup kind of a group set up, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They're, they're undefeated in that so far. So much like, much like as with Alishkert, you can only beat who's, who's in front of you and all that. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a shock them coming up last season. Just yeah. They mm. had a good manager, they had a way of playing and it worked. Lost a manager, obviously, brought in this idiot, and now <laughs> they've had to bring in a lot of players. So I'm hoping, like, see Breakin last season. I want that for Livingston. This do you know what season. I want for that's, Livingston? That's what I want. Do you no remember? Wins. Do you remember when Kenny Miller moved to Derby? Oh, mm-hmm. that, yeah. Well, they and, get one win, but I don't. Did want they? To get and that. how Derby done? He scored the goal. I'm sure. One 0 against Newcastle. He was it? The, the lowest ever points. I mean, I just want us to see run over the top of them. Nothing's going to happen at Celtic and Flag Day. It's going to. It's always a great day. Is Big Bad John still there? Is he gone, or did Kenny Miller dispense with uh, such timidity? I, I think he dispensed <laughs> with such timidity. I <laughs> haven't played Livingston since two thousand and eight. I reckon it was September two thousand and eight. It was a four 0 victory, including two goals, including a penalty from Samaras, and a game notable for being Glenn Lovins' first goal for Celtic, and Scott Brown also scored oh, as well. It? Another game of rarities. I'm going to give you the lineup here. I remember. Gordon Strachan's term at Celtic quite fondly, right? But I know people aren't always the same. I don't really look back on it, and history hasn't treated it well. I just think I look at these lineups and think, not not classic Celtic lineup, is it? No. It's not going to be something we look back on in thirty years' time and think, oh wow, what a team! Boric, Hinkle, Lovins, McManus, Naylor, Caddis, Paul Hartley, Donati, McGeady, McDonald, Samaras. That's. I mean, that's. It's not a bad team. No, it's not a bad team, but. Again, Scott Brown came off the bench. See if this was a Rangers player, a Rangers podcast, and you were reading a team from 10 years ago. (laughs) Do you know what we'd be saying on this podcast? Get him signed. Get him signed. Get him signed. Get him signed back up. Get the old band back together. (laughs) Get the old band back together. Well, I I don't know what Mark Brown's doing these days. Maybe worth giving him a call. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was was the last time we've played. So hopefully a a similar score line to that would do me nicely. Aye, aye. Nae bother. You're more worried about Injuries and so and so will get Rosenberg out of the way. Arrogant melee. Well, 37 <laughs> games after that, it's not canter. But uh, any injuries because uh, Athens game will be Touchwood, will mm. be the following Wednesday, or, yeah, I believe. Yeah. So another home game first. So hopefully can just avoid it because we don't have much squad to rotate just now. So. No, and it does mark the beginning of the season. Now, no, Melly, you're quite pressed for time tonight. You've got a gig. You, who are you going to see? Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Okay. Okay, so we'll just run through this, Melly, if you've got plenty of time before you have to you have to love us and leave us. So it is flag day, it does it does it is the beginning of the season. It's a it's a blank canvas for all your hopes and football dreams. It's exciting. It's ambition. Stephen hit me with words. I'm welling up here. I'm run, I'm running out of words. That was beautiful. Was it? Thanks very much. Um What's your minimum expectations as far as Celtic go for uh, for domestic competitions this year, Treble? Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> In all seriousness, you look at it objectively here, Celtic are the heavy favourites for every single competition. So, so why not? So why not just say the Treble? For it not to happen, a huge shock has to, has to come somewhere along the way. So I, I wouldn't go as far to say minimum expectations of Treble, but 
but definitely that that should be on plus on melee, the table. Plus melee, if we all sit here and predict a treble and we don't win the treble, nobody's going to come to your door and go, "You were too greedy. It's your fault yeah. for predicting a treble." <laughs> what's, what's the name of that character you were just playing there? Uh, that character's called Alfred. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, as you say, we should be aiming for trebles. Ronnie Dyla get panned for saying we should win a treble, but that is what you expect. Rangers, I don't know if they'll get that together this year, but. Even if they do, Celtic should be able to beat them in the games if they come across them. So expect a treble, and it just seems as if now like everybody expects us to yeah. win a treble, not just us, because we are so far ahead. We have got the team, we've got the management. We just need maybe one or two players coming in, supplement the squad. But apart from that, get the treble one, and then there's a wee bonuses to come after that. Have you seen the movie 300? Yes. Do you know how it's about a gang of well-trained, chiselled, super fit, super brilliant soldiers against a gang of funs, whatever they are. <laughs> That's kind of like what we're facing now. Steven Gerrard and his band of 50-odd players that he signed this season are going to roll up to Celtic Park at least twice. We are going to go there twice. The fans are not going to be there no. to see it. Incidentally, on that one, how do you feel about that? That's poor crack. I think it, the only people that are suffering are football fans, really. What I said about it last season when it first came up is that Rangers are willfully giving up their claim to this old firm thing. They're the only people who still use the term. Yeah. But they, they want to still be part of the old firm. What makes the old firm? Because it sure as hell isn't much of a competition on the pitch. Mm-hmm. It's the atmosphere and the rivalry. If there's no away fans at these games, and <laughs> sorry to be childish, but you started this. Yeah, right? I, 100%. And, but, so you've given up your claim to something greater than yourselves. Celtic had to fall. People are saying Celtic should have risen above it. Why? Celtic really, why, had why? to. Celtic had to follow suit. We'd be locked out, Ibrox. So Celtic fans are losing out there. So we have to return the favour for them and let yeah, more in at Parkhead. It's an absolute Again, one, one, one brainer. Here's what might happen, and it'd be absolutely hilarious. We don't say anything, right? And we let the second of September of it out as roll up, and we play the game with eight hundred fans. And then when the Ibrox tie goes up, we make a complaint, and the police say we're worried about supporter safety because. The routes haven't been agreed and there's only 800 of us and then they're forced to let more of us in. Now, that would be hilarious. Peter Wall is just on the board now. Oh, he's, so. he's just waiting to make the call. He is the board. How, how can you get 800 Celtic fans in now? Ibrox, you can't. You have to give them a whole entire stand. That's the way it works. Um, predict the top four in the league then for us. I, I mean, I don't really care about anyone outside the top three, but let's do the top four. I'll go Celtic, Rangers, Hibs and Aberdeen. Stephen. Uh, yeah, the reason I suggested we make it four instead of three was because I can't decide over the third. I think Rangers will finish second. I think with the resources they're thrown around, yeah, they, they absolutely have to. It's their absolute, that, that's their minimum yeah. for this season. I can't decide between Hibs and Aberdeen. I but, would but have said, is it, Stephen? Because they're Rangers Football Club and winning the league, yeah, nothing short of winning the league. <laughs> exactly. Aberdeen. I said to Melly when when we were going to the game the other night, I thought, right, Aberdeen will surely fall away this season because they've been kind of flying by the seat of their pants for a couple of seasons and they've done really well. In in fairness to them, they've they've finished second, what was that, three seasons in a row, right? They've done extremely well and I thought, right, this is probably their time to fall away now. As uh, Pedro put it, uh, their cycle is, is coming to an end. But then they went out and got a really good result against Burnley. Now, I think they'll still go out yeah. because the Burnley are still overwhelming favourites for that. But they they didn't embarrass themselves, so and Derek McInnes is still doing a good job. Whether they can they can finish third ahead of Lennon's Hibs, I, I doubt, but they'll be in and around again. The, the problem with Aberdeen is they've really brought about the end of Scottish football because they let um, Adam Rooney, who didn't play many games <laughs> for them last year, and he joined Salford, who uh, I think is owned by, I don't know who, it's one of the richest men in the world, I know that does own it. Adam Sandler. Yes, yeah, <laughs> him and David Spade. They own, they, own, they, own, they own Salford United along with five other footballers and they're paying them four grand a week. So, I mean, Aberdeen, you know, that's a that's a big deal, Scottish football. Shut up shop. It's over, oh, guys. Might as well no, just no. chuck it. No. For that, I hope Aberdeen do put Burnley out. No. That would be <laughs> hilarious. Um, I agree with you. I think it's mostly going to be that that top four. Who's going to be our player of the year? Pump up. Pump up and jam. Pump up and jam. Uh, early... Early suggestions, most certainly. Can Dembele stay fit? Can mm. he stay fit enough? Um, actually, on just to go back to the game, he's he's got yet another hamstring injury. It's a kind of weird catch twenty two for Celtic because it's actually quite handy that he's injured for every transfer window going. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he never leaves, but he, he's injured for these crucial games at the start. Now he might find that 
a struggle to get this this big move we've been talking about for now we're going into our third season of talking about Moussa Dembele leaving because as much as English teams have a lot of money and they don't mind spending it they're, they're not daft and they don't they're not going to sign a guy who's got blue tack hamstrings <laughs> basically so um, I have to disagree there uh, West Ham would pay an absolute <laughs> 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 oh wait but Sam Allardyce isn't there anymore yeah. <laughs> it is a problem for Dembele but you find this James Forrest had the same at the start of his, his career his constant hamstring injuries even guys like Giggs mm. constant mm. hamstring injuries they'll, he'll get to know his body hopefully he'll know what way to train he'll Sounds know hot. when the I know. <laughs> give me a give me a horrible <laughs> shudder. Yeah. Just uh, just sit and get to know Explore your body. Himself. <laughs> King of Glasgow can do what he wants. He's, he's a get, sex person. <laughs> he'll get to know how he should train and how he should play. So hopefully it's something that he'll be able to control himself over time and explosive players like that, these things happen. But can I just stop you there, Melly? Yeah. Stephen, who's yourself to clear the year? Yeah, uh, I can't disagree with Cham. He's he's been firing in all cylinders in at this stage of the season. It looks absolutely brilliant. So, so we've agreed on our top floor, we've agreed on our minimum expectations, we've agreed on our player of the year. Young player of the year, who's going to break out? Oh, it's Christopher Asher. It's, um, it has to be. Well, it's I've a, been it's saying it for ages. <laughs> <laughs> it's an it's an open category, I would say, because I don't want Kieran Tierney anywhere near it. He's had three in a row now and I'd rather have someone who's who has emerged and is establishing himself this season. He may not be here to win it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, you've got Chris Averaya, you've got Kieran Tierney, who I don't want. You've got Cham as well, because if if Tierney still qualifies for it at his age and Cham's no much much older than him, you've got Edward. Oh, aye. You've got Jack Henry. No, 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 it's quite an open. I think he just category. drops out, doesn't he? He'll be Tw- twenty four yeah, by the true. time the season finishes up. But Chris Averaya for me, young player of the year, yes. You, you need to mic drop, Melee. Okay, thanks very much. Mic drop. And enjoy your enjoy your Black Rebel motorcycle gig, Stephen. I've got a couple more things to run past you. Just me and you, Stephen, makes me nervous because yeah, through don't, the- know, don't know half as much as Melee does. No. <laughs> don't, don't know half as much as Melee does, but we can talk. Yeah. So, you know, bonus. Um, so it's just mean, what, what, what's your bold predictions for this season? I feel like David Frost or something. <laughs> Tell me. Interviewed uh, now. Bold predictions, a couple of wee wild card predictions. I've got three, if you will indulge me. I'll sure, take over. we've got all the time in the world. Number one, the French connection of mm-hmm. Celtic will combine for a total of 64 goals. What? Now, my logic on that is at least... Some sort of combination of 50 from Edward and Dembele. Right. Between them. You think they're going to score 25 goals each? Yep. Right. Well, maybe 23, 27, but some combination thereof. Okay. Maybe more. Doesn't matter. But the, the third one is in Cham, who's going to score 14, coming <laughs> up to 64. Now, I reserve, I reserve the right, I'm going to put this in the contract here, to add in native French speakers. So if Boyata gets a couple and it doesn't make it, I'm going to add them. <laughs> I would go to the bookies with that one because that sounds like a ferocious bet. 64 <laughs> goals between the three of them. 64 goals between the three of them. My second one is Christopher Ayer to captain a game. Never. Aye. You shut that door. <laughs> Never in a million Christopher years. Christopher to captain a game at some point oh, in the season. Oh, it's at under 19 level. <laughs> no. Mark, oh. Mark Millwards. Oh, right. If that See if that one comes true, listeners, I will eat my hair. <laughs> okay, right. Third, and this is the boldest of all. Oh, here we go. Bold on that. Christian Gamboa to score a goal. <laughs> Shut up! Now, to, give, oh. to give that a bit of context as to how ridiculous it is, he hasn't scored since 2010 when he was playing in the second tier of Nor- uh, Norwegian football with Fredrikstad. That's the only goal of his club career. Oh. He scored three for Costa Rica. It sort of sums up Christian Gamboa's career in that he's three times as good yeah. for Costa Rica as he is for, for anyone else. Those are my three bold wild cards. Right, I'll give you bold predictions in my half. One, Craig Gordon won't see the season out with some sort of horrendous injury. Mm, okay. Right, I'll take that one. Sorry, Craig, if you're listening. Uh, I'll give you a second bold prediction here. Mikey Johnson will captain a game. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, second bold prediction. I think we'll see Mikey Johnson make at least 15 appearances 15, this season. 15, right. I think we, we, need to start, we need to start bringing the youngsters through. Mm. And Can, anything Kundai Benyu related like oh, last year <laughs> not, not this year he was my guy oh we never done our guys no we don't have a guy yet oh we don't have a guy yet we can do that uh, next week when Melly comes back uh, and my third bold prediction is Brendan Rodgers last season oh I'm gonna I'm, gonna, I, I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that out there um, I'm just yeah yeah you know what fine I'm happy with that 
Um, transfer wise, those two things could be related. No much happening. We've had our say on McGinn. We both think that's probably just going to appear at the end yeah, of the season. We'll take a week off the McGinn chat because just repeating ourselves at this stage. Uh, Kieran Tierney, you know, not, not interested in discussing that. Not. Um, but one person who is, and it was quite interesting to hear Brendan Rogers talk about mm. him, was Daniel Arzani. Right, to bring us up to speed on this, what's what's the latest chat on that? It's a, he's a guy who plays for Melbourne, I believe, who yes, are owned plays, by the same company as yeah. Manchester City. So he's only, he plays for Melbourne City, who, along with New York City, yeah, I think so, uh, yeah. Are, are owned by the same people who own Manchester City, theme there. Um, and they've, they're obviously because they're the parent club, they're getting them on some bargain deal of mm-hmm. 280 grand or whatever. And the plan is immediately to loan him out to Celtic. Now, the script with this wee guy is he's a winger, he's been compared to Harry Kuehl, the hottest prospect coming out of Australia in a very long time, which is a bold thing to say when you've got players like Tom Rogic, frankly. Yeah. Um, and he's been apparently been sent to Celtic. Now, the interesting bit for me, when Brendan Rogers was asked about this prior to the Rosenberg game, did he know anything about him? Hmm. Uh, never seen him, didn't know anything about him, barely heard of him, um, was quite non-committal on the whole thing. Now, tra- we know how transfers work nowadays, very rarely. It's not the days of Brian Clough where he spots a player yeah. and picks it. You know, Brendan Rodgers says, I need a winger. The guys go do their work. He'll give a profile. Yeah. yeah, get the options. It just seems strange to me that he's so far removed from the transfer process at this late stage. Yeah, he, He's it, not seen this guy, never unusual. set eyes on him. If this is the the normal procedure for Celtic, it's unusual for Brendan Rodgers to come out and say that he doesn't know anything about him. When you normally would just sort of, yeah, it'll be one of a number of players we're yeah, looking at. The, exactly. Um, now we do have a head of recruitment. It's at Lee Congreth, and yes. he is in charge of all this kind of thing. So I don't know how how normal it is for Brendan Rodgers to just have no have no input in yeah. it at all, other than describing, as I said, a profile to players, and they come back with what what they find. So I, I don't know, um, but by all accounts, he is a highly rated player. I've I've watched a couple of his uh, obligatory YouTube videos. Mm. Loves a nutmeg, absolutely oh, capital L. Loves. A <laughs> so um, is he in the sort of Paddy Roberts mold then? Very right sided. He's yeah. the sort of opposite of Patrick Roberts in that he, he plays. He may play on the left, cutting on his right foot, but yeah, loves a dribble, loves a nutmeg. Um, Again, it's hard to tell with these videos. I mean, yeah. in the related videos, there was a thing about Andreas Pereira, who's a Brazilian who plays for like Man United reserves. Yeah. I started watching a little bit of that. It was like a minute long, and it was every single pass he'd made in the previous <laughs> preseason friendly. Yeah. So it's. it's I, I, I saw someone tweeting a Boyata one. Mm, I right. thought, I wonder how good that can be. The famous one was Gravison. Remember, he played, was it against Copenhagen? Yes. In the Champions League? Yeah. Someone had made a supercut of that and made him look absolutely amazing <laughs> when really it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> That game. So, uh, so it's a bit of a weird one. One thing Brendan did say was, you know, he goes, "There's no doubt we need to bring in quality, and that that costs money." And I'm just, I'm a bit nervous about this. I just think you need to back him. You mm. need to buy the players. He He's, he can't be asking for a lot because really, two players would do it. As we ran on our yeah, poll, absolutely. two players would do it, and really, they don't have to be absolute worldies. We just need a player of better quality than Jozo Hendry, potentially Boyata, if he goes to to play in that centre-back position. That cannot be hard. No, and it, there's um, someone who was unrealistically, let's face it, but that Fabian Schart who played for Switzerland in the yeah. World Cup, he's just gone to Newcastle. Four million euros, I think he went for. Yeah. Now, I know the wages will be astronomical compared to what Celtic can offer, but it's, these players that aren't changing hands for enormous amounts of money. Yeah. Aren't, you know? Or even guys that aren't worth that, but they want to come and get 20 grand a year. Uh, 20 grand a week. 20 grand a year. 20 grand a year, <laughs> grand a year would be nice. Uh, aye. So, uh, again, as we say, judge the transfer window at the yeah. end, but already you're getting Brendan Rodgers sort of seemingly mumping and moaning um, when he could have just batted that one at the park nicely. Yeah, it's unclear as to how this new setup England have is going to affect Celtic because their transfer window closes a lot earlier this yeah. season, so you might find that players are not registered to play for their clubs in England, so there will, there will be this sudden, sudden sort of letting of players down there, yeah. I don't know how that's going to. It might, work. I mean, it might do because there yeah. might be players that are the, the, their futures are decided mm. and they already know. And and really, that's a lot of what happens at the transfer window deadline day. Players are not told until the last couple of yeah. days. Look, you don't have a future. That hey, that was a weird one though in England because I was just I was I was reading over it. I was talking to Melly about it in the group chat. So they end their transfer window early mm. so that they can get all their business done before the start of the season. Yeah, but players can still leave. They can still sell. Aye. I think. 
what this probably is is a first move. I think eventually everyone else will follow suit because frankly it's pretty ridiculous that the transfer window extends into the season. If yeah. you're going to have a window, close it before these seasons start. Uh, I know not all uh, leagues start in the same weekend. I think Spain's a, another wee bit later after that, but these things should be mostly finalised by the, the start of the season. And I know there's a list of priorities, but also down them is you can't have weak boys going out and girls buying whatever, Sadio Mane Liverpool shirts yeah. only for them to get sold to Aye, Barcelona on the last day of the window and all this carry on it, it shouldn't be Won't happening will someone think of the children will someone think of the children I think that's a good place to end this podcast um, and on that uh, you can you, if you like this uh, what are you guys you guys are we're doing a Patreon next week for the patrons we're doing a we're going to have two Patreon podcasts in the, the coming days actually we're going to do a match companion for the Rosenborg yep. away game we are going to do a podcast on which we reveal the details for our, our season's competition uh, after we ran one for the World Cup and it was a you know, decent success we're going to run another fantasy competition so to get involved you sign fantasy up for the Patreon. football, yeah. Yep, fantasy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Television X. <fantasy>. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're just we're going to run a fantasy league. Uh, the winner at the end of the season will win a Celtic shirt. Now, I'm going to leave that open ended as a, a Celtic shirt of your choice yeah. in case next season's a Snyder. So, <laughs> okay. In case you want to come but back and get this one. We realise that's a kind of long-term commitment. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to break any months. The outright winner at the end of the season will win a shirt, but we'll have monthly prizes for managing oh, that's a good idea. the way. Oh, that's so, a good idea. That's a good idea. If you're interested in Patreon where, you know, you pay a, a little bit of cash a month, I think it's like, works at £1.70 or yeah, something. So. Uh, yeah, um, we do you two extra podcasts, but in reality it's always a lot more than that. You can check that out at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims. Um, there's an app out and a website, the Celtic News Now. It's a sort of gathering type app and he gathers up all the podcasts and Celtic News and he puts that on there. Um, you can catch us on there. Uh, of course, you can catch us on Android and iTunes and everywhere you get your podcasts. And if you could leave a review, that would be really helpful. And uh, with that, thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.